Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Redefining Balance podcast. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. And joining us today is Carissa Quad, and she is on a mission to help busy women like us handle our money in a way that honors God, builds up our families, and allows us to really give back to our communities. Now, regardless of what you have for your money goals as you approach this new year, I know the information that Chris is going to share with you today is really going to help you because we're going to talk about budgeting and kind of the practical aspect of managing money in a simple way that is far less stressful. You guys, I am not someone who loves budgeting. I am really not someone who likes doing things like expense reports. And in talking with Carissa, I really found out some of the emotional ties that caused some of those feelings for me. And so I know you're going to love kind of getting a glimpse of that and how you can really take a deeper look at your emotional connections around money and what you can do to overcome those by including God in the whole entire process. Now, you're going to hear Krista share her story about how she paid off almost $80,000 in debt, how she's been able to save a ton of money, and now she helps other women do exactly the same with a big focus on the emotional aspect of it, not letting money be something that is stressful or scary or anything like that. Now, one of the things that I have done to help me move forward in my finances is I have created a new SOP, a standard operating practice, into my weekly planning where I'm just reviewing our spending for the week to make sure it is on track with the intentional plan that we set forward as a family for the month. Now, this used to be a monthly SOP, something that I did every single month, and honestly, it was getting so overwhelming, I did not want to do it. And so I had to kind of ask myself some questions and think, what would I do differently? Like, how do I want to be more successful in this area? And for me, that looked like making it a smaller task. So now it's a a weekly SOP, something that I include in my weekly planning. And I can easily add it right inside of the Your Life Rocks app onto my weekly planning checklist. Now, this is a totally free resource available to you. If you don't yet have the Your Life Rocks app, Go ahead and download it from the App Store. We will link to it down below, or you can go to yourliferocks.com forward slash Google or yourliferocks.com forward slash Apple, depending on the kind of mobile device that you use. Now, inside the app, you're going to have a free course for weekly success planning in addition to this planning tool. Plus, you'll have our quarterly lifestyle guides, which the winter edition is coming out so soon, like this week. So you're not going to want to miss that, plus a ton of other resources available to you there. Now, without further ado, let me get into my interview with Carissa. Carissa, welcome to the Redefining Balance podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about money and budgeting and most importantly, confidence with our money and how we're spending it as we move into the new year. But before we get into all of your brilliance that you have to share with us, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Well, thank you, Jenny. It's such an honor to be here. And I live in Phoenix, Arizona with my husband. And 
I just love helping women empower them to handle money in ways that honor God, that build up their families and that allow them to stand in the gap in their communities. I love that. I love that. And how did you get into this whole thing of helping women with money? Because, you know, there's a lot of things that us as women need help with. And finances is definitely not one of those areas of life that I am naturally geared towards or or even love to do or to talk about. So what kind of got you started in, in wanting to do this? No, I totally understand that. In fact, that's kind of where I started. I had this moment right there in next to the chocolate chips and the flour in the grocery store. And I was really struggling to keep back tears because I counted up my groceries and realized I was going to overspend again. And I was so frustrated because, you know, I'm married. Why I'm an adult. Why couldn't I make this work? I felt like such a failure because all things money and budgeting, they totally made me panic. And I didn't know what to do or even where to start. And so I I mentioned as I got married, we both brought debt into our marriage and I was the sole provider. I was putting my husband through school. And so we had my car loan, his student loans, his credit card, and it fell upon me to provide for our family as I was putting my husband through school. And somewhere though, in the middle of all of that, that chaos, that stress I had about money, you know, crying in the grocery store, I had this small little dream to see my husband graduate completely debt-free. Now, Jenny, I had no idea how we were going to do this because money was so tight. We had the debt, and then I had to try and figure out how to pay for school on top of that. And so I stumbled along the best I could for about two years. And then one day I realized if we could come up with a couple hundred dollars, we could be debt-free by the end of the day. So I had my husband come in. I made him push the payment, you know, submit payment button because it was his student loan. And I didn't realize it that that day on March 17, 2010, as those numbers dropped to zero, that that would be a defining moment in my entire life. Now, I was heading into a slow work period. And even though that was still stressful, nothing about my situation had changed. The piece that I had from paying off all that debt totally changed how I approached money. And I started realizing like, okay, money still stresses me out. (laughs) I need to figure this out because I don't want to live my life completely stressed out about money. And so I started diving into what the Bible said about handling finances. That's how I run my life. So I figured I need to run my money by that too. Absolutely. And I started applying these tips to my finances and Over the next few years, they were working. You know, I ended up saving up $79,775 to pay cash for the rest of my husband's education. But here's what really happened is friends and family were like, Carissa, how, how did you pay off the debt? How are you paying for school? Can you help me? So I started sharing these tips that I was applying to myself and I shared them with them and they were working for them too. And so as a At that point, I decided to dedicate my life to helping other women handle money confidently and with peace of mind through a biblical perspective so that they don't have to be overwhelmed and stressed out about money any longer, just like I wasn't. Isn't it amazing how there's different areas of our life that, whether it's our finances or our health, that we just kind of struggle with? And then 
God uses like outside circumstances to kind of get our attention and, and redirect us in a completely different way when we seek him through that process. And that's exactly what he did with you with your finances. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I look back and we were in school for a long time. And if I hadn't been, we hadn't been in school that long and the need to really budget our money and pay cash for school and all of those things, I wouldn't have had the passion and the platform to be able to speak to other women in their money struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned that you were the the sole income earner at that time. Is that still the case for you guys? No, uh, we, it's been kind of different <laughs> in the last couple of years. Um, we, my husband did graduate. Uh, he is working. I was working. I had dropped down to part-time. And then with COVID, then I've switched to my online business completely. I'm not working out in the community any longer. So So with trying to balance all of that and a marriage and everything else that life has, what does balance look like for you? That's a great question. I would say balance for me starts off, has to start off with being grounded in the word of God, in what God says about who I am and really taking that on. Because if I don't have that foundation, I can't give and serve in the capacity that I that I'm called to in my marriage, in my family, and then with my community of women that I help. So yeah. that has to be the first thing. But then I also uh, balance for me looks like a lot of financial to just living below our means, having money to save, being able to do the things that we want to do, but maybe at a you know, I'm saving up for it. I'm not doing it right now when I don't have the money for it. And so that's really a good balance for me. I love that. And this is why I love having guests like you on this show that really can speak into the lives of all of the the women listening to this podcast on how they can really grow in the different areas of their life when they put biblical principles as part of it. Because I truly believe that God brings the right people alongside of us to share their gifts and their talents with us in order to help us grow. And that's exactly what he's doing with you, with your finances. I mean, it's incredible to be paying off almost $80,000 in debt. I love that you had your husband come in and push the payoff button. I know sometimes as I spent years being the sole provider for our family and my husband was a stay-at-home dad. And you know, he at that time, in that season of life, he was doing the finances and, and kind of everything. But we have to find little ways that we're able to to share those life moments or share some of the the responsibility of different areas with our spouse. So I love that you kind of brought him in to do that. Now, when you're talking about kind of this intentional plan that you put together and now you're helping other people put together, are you referring to like a, a budget? Is that the primary source that you're talking about with an intentional plan? I love that you say that. Uh, an intentional plan is really just, have, it is a budget, but it's a it's a tool and it's, so I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, budgeting. Yes, <laughs> well, I mean, that's me. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you're in good company because here's what I thought budgeting was. I thought it was, you know, coming home after shopping, taking my receipts and putting them on my desk until it was this huge pile of crumpled, faded white receipts that I'd have to spend all day Saturday trying to decipher those numbers and trying to figure out where the heck my money had gone for who knows how long. And it was so stressful. It was so, um, you know, my husband stayed away. I was in tears. But 
I just felt like a budget meant that I was failing with money. And like it was this neon sign, you're failing with money. But here's the here's what I learned. I didn't have a plan to follow. My money was out of control and I was completely stressed out and worried all the time. And so if money is stressful for you or for those listening, I understand. But here's what I learned. A budget is simply a plan for your money ahead of time. You're in control and you get to decide what's important to you and how much you want to spend and where you want to spend it. And that's where the intentional plan comes in is you deciding, okay, this is my income. These are my expenses. This is what I want to spend my money on and setting up that plan ahead of time before the month begins. That's so valuable because I think sometimes I'm really good at setting up a budget. I'm not very good at following a budget. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think part of it, as I was preparing for our conversation today, you know, the the title of what you wanted to to come onto the show and and kind of talk about was fear, like money fear into confidence. And I thought, do I really have a fear around money or do I just not like the tedious task of budgeting and, you know, my career life, I've always hated expense reports and receipts and like, I will do anything to get out of it. That's always been my negative feedback from my supervisors is that I never get my expense reports in on time because I just don't (laughs) like them. But then I had to ask myself, like, why do I identify in that way with money? Why don't I just be like, well, I can make a game of it. I like numbers. I like having goals. I like doing all of these other things and that could transition to being intentional with money. So what is my main hang up about it? And then I couldn't quite put my thumb on it. And then as you were talking just now, it hit me that it's almost like a a punishment or a fear of punishment. And my personality type, you know how like people will say, If you've done nothing wrong, then there should be no fear and like, you know, Mm -hmm. getting caught or something or someone calling you on something. I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like even if I didn't do anything wrong, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. So the fact of doing a budget and then coming back and reflecting on how did I do on my budget, there does feel a little bit of like a a discipline. I have been bad with my money. So therefore I have to be on restriction. Uh You know what I mean? I think that there's a little bit of that going on. How, how common is that, that we associate different hangups that might not necessarily be about money, but just about other things in life onto our money? I mean, how common, I would say, how common is it not? I mean, you know, it's so common that everyone does it in what I see. And actually, you're talking about expense reports and all of those. I'm I'm not too good on that. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you, I think you and your audience will really love this simple prioritized budget worksheet that I have as a free gift for you. And you can get it at changeyourfinances.com slash redefining balance all, all together. And I love that you put that together. That's awesome. Oh, you're welcome. But I had a hard time with budgeting too. I hated budgeting. And so here's what I've learned. And here's how I have made it something that is super easy to stick to. And then it's also kind of fun to do because you see progress. So let me explain it if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So a prioritized budget, what is that? It's a way that you take your income, you put it at the top of the page, and you guys... Don't take notes, you know, get that worksheet. It will walk you through it. But then here's what you put at the top. And it's going to surprise you. You're going to put four essentials at the top. So you have your food first, 
your lights and water, your housing, and your transportation. And then as a Christian, you know, I also put tithing up there. But the reason why I put these four things and the complete difference it made in my budgeting is when I figured out if I put these four essentials at the top so that I always knew, you know, because I have my income subtracting these four expenses and then everything else, I always knew there was going to be enough money to take care of my family's basic needs. And when I set my budget up that way, oh my word, a ton of money stress just fell off because I knew that my family's needs were taken care of and I didn't have to worry about food or the lights getting turned off. And so after those four essentials, then you want to list everything else in order of priority by asking yourself one question. If I only have money for one more thing, what do I put next? Mm. And then as you get paid, you just go down the list. So now let's say if something comes up, you said you have a hard time sticking to it. So this plan actually says, okay, I have money to go shopping for clothes. And so you go and you spend it and you enjoy it because you know exactly how much you have to spend because you've already planned it out. Now, if a a expense comes up, let's say a car repair, right? (laughs) We all get those and we're like, oh my word, where are we going to come up with this money? From the prioritized budget, the things at the bottom are not as high priority. So if something comes up, it's easy to stay on budget because all I do is, and I'll take clothes as an example. I love clothes, cute clothes, all the things, but I have plenty. So I don't really need clothes. So even though I have that in my budget, it's at the bottom. So if something comes up, I just start that I hadn't planned for. I start going up from the bottom of the list and pulling money, putting that category on hold just for that month to cover that unexpected expense. And what I really love, this is, I was so surprised to find this out when I did this method. Um, It made it so easy to actually save money, you know, because I've been in savings since I've been doing this budget, but put money towards whatever goal I'm working on. You know how uh, a lot of people like, oh yeah, sure, I'll be able to put $500 And they say that at the beginning of the month, but then they get to the end and they barely have enough money for groceries, if even. Yep. And no $500. Well, this method makes it you list all of your, either your debt payoffs, your savings goals. It's all on here. And then any extra money, you you assign a roll of dollar to where that's supposed to go. You know, Um, so like if I have extra money, it's going to my savings. And so then that helps you be really intentional with putting that money towards your money goal. So you don't get to the end of the month and no money for gas, no money for groceries, and you have no idea where that $500 is all planned. It's all intentional. Are you looking to grow and learn in the new year? We all know that reading books is the best way to do that. But with our busy schedules, it's hard to find the time. But did you know that as a listener of this podcast, you can get a free audiobook from Audible? Yep, just go to yourliferocks.com forward slash Audible. Some of my favorite books that I've listened to in the last couple months are Better Decisions and Fewer Regrets by Anne-Lee Stanley, You're Not Enough and That's Okay by Allie Beth Steckley, and Grit and Grace by Tim McGraw. You can check out one of these titles or any other book on your reading list by going to yourliferocks.com forward slash Audible. That's yourliferocks.com forward slash Audible. Now let's get back to the show. So let me ask you this, because this is where I get stressed out, (laughs) where money gets stressful for me, is putting the plan together. 
And then at the end of the month or every two weeks or once a week, when I'm going back through and checking to see, quote unquote, how I did. Uh Now, there are a lot of other budgeting systems, things like that, that I've done in the past. I've done the Dave Ramsey with the envelopes and the Uh cash only. And, you know, follow through on the plan tends to be what stresses me out because I don't always follow through on it. So what mechanisms do you suggest for the follow through so that when you go back to like kind of check and see how you did at the end of the month, that stress is kind of less? Sure. And that's a question I get all the time. Uh, But I think having that plan where you are, you do have money for you know, fun things or, um, you know, spending money for yourself. So it's not like so restrictive. That's one way that, you know, I have certain money that I can spend on whatever I want. So I call it you're planning your impulse spending (laughs) because you've already decided how much you want to spend. It's just a matter of where. So having things like that so that you built in so that you can actually enjoy the, the money and the income that God has given you. And then I think having not only having this plan, this prioritized budget where you can see where your money is supposed to go, but then also having a goal. And I love including the emotional aspect of money. Not a lot of people do, but I found that this is a key to being able to stick to it or not, is if you have a goal that you're working on for your family that you know, when we pay off this amount of debt, when we save this money, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, whether that's a trip to Disney, we're going to buy another car, whatever that is, I want you to make that visual. And so any extra money I'm able to save, whether I'm cutting expenses, whether I bring in more income is going to this thing. And so I like to do is put it on, you know, a picture of it on your fridge, having a some sort of tracker that you can do to color in your progress to actually train your brain saying hey I am going forward I'm making it this is possible let's see what else we can do and then I think if you have a hard time sticking to your budget you need to have that picture of your dream in your wallet or by your computer if you're shopping online that's good it's like a screensaver on your phone so you can't Mm -hmm. just you know scroll social media and then click on an ad and then next thing you know you're like what did I just buy Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guilty of that for sure. Boxes come to the porch and I'm like, I don't even know what's in here. This is <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's like Christmas. So that's really good. So when we're talking about kind of the stress, what other things, because I don't know where my stress comes from, but what other things do you find can be stressful about money with other clients that you've worked with? Absolutely. Money stress is so common and I, I totally relate. I've been there. <laughs> But where it comes from, and tell me if this is kind of resonating with what your reasons are. Money stuff comes from, one, we have no idea where it's going. Like money's completely out of control. It's coming in, it's going out. Uh, we're just scrambling to pay off this current bill, the current fire, you know. So that's one way. Two, if you're not sure how to manage it, if you don't have a simple plan to follow, it feels overwhelming, it feels complicated, it feels stressful. Then the third, Another reason is money is stressful because you feel like you're not making any progress. You're stuck. So remember that $500 I said we're all going to put at the in, into savings or towards paying off debt at the beginning of the month and then it's gone? Yeah. That's what's stressful is you're not making any progress toward that and you feel like you're spinning your wheels because you haven't been intentional with putting that extra money towards it. 
It's so interesting that you say that because the other guests that we've interviewed this year and some of the other conversations we've had inside of our Life Balance membership really is about consistently setting the same goals and not achieving them and how that can really have such an emotional toll, mental toll when we start to build self-doubt and skepticism Mm -hmm. and it really can like lessen the effectiveness of setting any new goals, even if there are different goals because we've proven to ourselves that we we don't actually hit goals. So what's right. the point in even setting them? Exactly. And if you don't have that traction, that progress, this is what I found. This is so exciting to me is when you're able to be intentional with your plan and you're able to actually see like visually. So I like to color in a picture, you know, that has spaces designated for certain money amounts based on my money goal, whether I'm, and this works for paying off debt, saving money. And so as I color it in, I see the white disappearing. And so as I'm looking at that picture, that's half colored in, that's getting more colored in each month, it trains my brain to say, Hey, I can do this. I am doing this. And then what that does, that gets you super motivated because like, okay, that white's disappearing. So there's less that I have to go to reach that goal than that when I started. And you, your brain starts figuring out ways like, okay, maybe I can cut some more expenses and put more money towards it faster. Um, I have a super fun exercise if you want me to walk you through just an example of that. Or maybe you try and bring in some extra income by selling something or, you know, working extra because you want to see that you want to get that gratification of seeing that progress and reaching that goal. And the whole time you're retraining your brain saying, yes, yes, I can. So it's almost like a a gamification Mm -hmm. of your budget and kind of a refocus of your energy around kind of the way that you think about it, the way that you approach it, the way you feel about it, like everything. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that that's the biggest thing, right? When it comes to any kind of goal, whether it's finances or health or really anything, is just to really think about how you are attached to it and how you can set yourself up for success and the way that you think about it, Mm -hmm. feel about it, all of those different aspects. Yep. And if it's just about the numbers, we all know that is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. 19% on a credit card, we all know this is a dumb idea, right? Definitely. So it's not just about the numbers. It's all about what you said about the emotional, the setting yourself up for success, retraining your mind. It's all of that. And yeah. that's what a lot of people miss. And I think so much of it goes back to our identity too. Like you said in the very beginning, you know, you're a smart woman. You hold down a job. <laughs> you're an adult. Like we should be able to figure this out. And I think there's an, a certain element that we all kind of feel with that. Like, Why can't we get a hold of our finances? Why are we putting ourselves further in debt when we know these Mm -hmm. high percentages on credit cards? Like that mathematically, like when you're spending $200 in a finance charge for a month, like that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yet we still repeat these patterns that get ourselves into trouble. And I think that one of the biggest pieces that I know I've found in my own personal journey, and you mentioned in yours as well, is really seeking God and His Mm -hmm. wisdom in it because yeah, we are smart enough to understand it, but sometimes we need God's wisdom to intervene. So talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. Heck, how do we bring God into our finances? Well, that's such a fantastic question. First of all, the Bible has over well over 2000 verses about money. 
and finances and even more than talking about heaven, which is interesting. Wow. Because, yeah. Because I, I really feel like, you know, money touches every part of our life, right? And God has given us blueprints and guidelines in his word that touch on money and touch on money with business, touch on money with our personal finances, with investing, with debt, all of these things. And so that's one thing to really is diving into what God says about money and how and actually applying it to your life. But the second thing is, I really firmly believe that God has given each of us a gift. And it's a gift that maybe we aren't using. And because I think a lot of times money struggles hold us back. Because when you're so worried about trying to get food for your kids and and keep the lights on and and just you're paying all of your money is going out to debt, like you don't have any emotional, mental, physical ability to be able to give and to make a difference in other people's lives. You're just barely trying to survive. So true. And when you get control of your finances, when you follow a simple plan for your money, like I mentioned in that budget worksheet that I'm giving out, not only do your finances change, but you change as a person. And uh, the women I work with, I mean, it's so incredible. They come to me scared, stressed out, feeling like they're a failure, all these things. And within just a few weeks, they are now confident. They're able to see that they're making progress. They have more peace of mind. They have hope that things will be different. And so what that does, so it changes you, then it changes your family relationships. Because when you're not stressed about money, everybody's happier. And you're able to give your family the, the memories, the fun things, the whatever you want to do for your family. And this is a God-given thing. We, he wants us to provide for our family, to provide well, to have enjoyment of the income and the resources he's given us. But then what it also does, once you've taken care of your family, it frees up the, you have financial resources, but you also have time and energy and the mental capability to be able to reach out beyond your family and use that gift that God's given you, that dream, to go make a difference in your community and stand in the gap there. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I think, you know, when you're talking about that, especially the way that it changes us, again, I just keep taking it right back to our identity and and knowing that God created us not to be people that are fearful and not to be, you know, in a situation where we feel like we have no self-control. He calls us to have self-control. And I think our finances are one way that we can honor him in that by Mm -hmm. actually sticking to the intention and to the plan. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite Bible verse about money? I would have to say right now is, and I'm horrible with references, it's in Luke. It's about God has given you talents and that you can take your talents and, you know, one servant created 10 out of his talents that he, you know, he, he made them grow. The other one got five and made those grow and, you know, doubled it. Then the one hid his. And so that is just really, for me, it's a mindset of, you know, this is money that God's given me to steward. 
Can I enjoy? Can I make it grow? Can I provide for my family? Yes. But I also am responsible to making it grow and making a difference out in the community and giving it back to God. And so that whole mindset and that whole responsibility really does shape how I approach my finances in a way that I want to honor God, not only taking care of my family, you know, because he gave them enough to provide for them for the time he was going to be gone, but then also to be able to use that in a way that grows it and glorifies him by meeting someone else's need. Yeah, definitely so many lessons in the parable of talents on, you know, being a good steward and the blessings and the rewards that come from when you are versus when you're not. So definitely a lot to take from that verse. Well, I absolutely love this. Can I follow up though real quick? um, I had something on you were mentioning about being fearful. Yes. So when we're fearful of money, we're actually not trusting that God will come through and provide for us like he promises. Ooh, I feel like that that is a word meant for someone listening, like a piercing to the heart. But sometimes we need that. My pastor calls them throat punches. Yep. (laughs) And I've had to struggle with a lot of fear, you know, on that particular thing. And I have seen over the years, time and time and time again, that God has always provided exactly what we needed. Even if it's this crazy, unexpected medical bill from two years ago. He provides either the resources, the work to get those resources, but he provides and he is so faithful in that. And so the longer I've seen his faithfulness show up in my finances, as I'm also responsible in handling them wisely, a lot of that fear has gone away. That's incredible. That's a good word right there. That's really good. I'm glad that you shared that. I'm glad that that the Holy Spirit like brought that to light because I do feel like that that is a word for someone who is listening for sure. And if it's you, I mean, anyone who's listening and that was just for you, I would love to know if you wanted to reach out and tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Well, the first way, um, get that budget worksheet. Let me share that uh, URL again. It's at change your finances.com slash redefining balance. And that's all together. So that's one way to get in touch with me, but I'm at change your finances. That's my website. I'm on Instagram and Facebook also at change your finances. Fantastic. And we'll make sure we link to everything that Cheris has mentioned, all of Change Your Finances on all of the channels, including that free worksheet that she has for listeners of this show. I just thank you so much for being a blessing to the listeners of the show and to all of your clients and that God is really using you in the way that He is because it really is going to be a blessing, I think, for for many women. I'm sure it already has been. But just to use your own personal testimony and the the talents that He's given you and the way that you're expanding on that to further the kingdom is amazing. So I'm going to continue watching you and see how he uses you in those ways. But I just want to thank you so much for heeding his call and your calling in in your life and what you're doing to help other people. Oh, thank you. That that meant a lot to me to have you say all of that. And, you know, I'm just so thrilled that I I can use what was something that was a really stressful time for me and that other people don't have to go through the same amount of stress. And that I have gone through if they've gone, if they, all they need is just a simple plan. But can I tell you one last thing? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the proudest moments in my entire life 
I'm sitting there in the crowded stands, air horns are blowing, people are cheering, and I'm watching my husband walk across that commencement stage in his cap and gown, completely debt-free. We had done it. I was so proud of us because we were able to pay off all our debt. We paid cash for the rest of his school. And along the way, I overcame the fear of money and was able to take back control of my finances just by following a simple plan and confidently reaching our money goals with a peace of mind. I was able to change my family's financial future. And if I can do it, you can too. You can start today. It's your choice. What a beautiful illustration. I've just really seen the visual of the plan that you set and having it come into fruition in such a, a, a great way. What a great way. Thank you so much for sharing that, Cheris. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And like I said, we will link to everything, Cheris, that she mentioned and her website and all of the free resources that she has offered. And we hope to hear from you again soon. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm here. I'm willing and able to help you guys anytime you need me. And if you guys want to reach out, I do respond directly to any DMs. So feel free to reach out. You're not alone. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.